Amen. I watch these movies sometimes, you know, about trying to get some information out of somebody, and they, they dry them out real good and put this old hot lamp on them, and they might slap them around a little bit, stuff like that. Get them about halfway in, the tormentor will take his water out, and he'll drink it in front of them like this. And... <laughs> That's just part of the torment, folks, of coming to church, so... Uh... Our text today is in 1 Corinthians 13. This is like one of the crown jewels of the Bible. 1 Corinthians 13. And it's just good from time to time just to look at it and be reminded of something very important uh, in our lives as believers. And so it says... I'll do this out of the New International Version today. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Father, we thank you now for this portion of Scripture. God, it is uh, dear to our hearts. It is one, God, that we look at often. It celebrates one of the core benefits of knowing Jesus Christ as our Savior, and that is the love of God received and the love of God expressed. And today, God, we just bow before you. We pray forgiveness of everything that is in us that falls short. And to read this passage, God, reminds us of many things, God, in our ways, in our words, in our thoughts. 
God, that we come to you for cleansing. And we ask, oh God, that you would guide us, Lord, through this, uh, this garden that teaches us, Lord, of your love today. In Jesus' name, amen. An old story, much used by many preachers down through the last many, many years, tells of William Gladstone, who was announcing the death of Princess Alice to the House of Commons, and he told this story. He said, The little daughter of the princess was seriously ill with diphtheria. The doctors told the princess not to kiss the little daughter and endanger her life by breathing the child's breath. Once when the child was struggling to breathe, the mother, forgetting herself, took the little one up in her arms to keep her from choking to death. Gasping and struggling for her life, the child said, Mama, kiss me. Without thinking of herself, the mother kissed her daughter. And she also got diphtheria, and some days afterwards, she passed on forever. And it reminds us of this truth. That real love forgets itself. If it's real, it'll forget about itself and it'll just continue on. It'll keep on working. Uh, It doesn't count the cost. Somewhere in the scriptures it says, Many waters cannot quench love. Neither can the floods drown love. And so it is. And many of you right now are perhaps going through a are really deep waters. And to be reminded that in the midst of the deepest of waters, that the love of God cannot be drowned out in your heart. The Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Neither things present nor things to come. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, real love is a real key ingredient of life. We are human beings God has made us in his image. The Bible says he is love. There is certainly a capacity in every human heart for the love of God and a place for the love of God. And we see it spelled out in this passage. It's a vital human element. Every human being needs love. There's no no way around it. The psychologist, if you... Go back to some like Eric Erickson, who I studied a little bit when I was in school. Uh, We were told that an infant must have love, and we must have love at every stage of development. That's why there's, there's parents in a baby's life and in a child's life, to ensure the fact that there's going to be love that's down there in that heart. Uh, Lack of love can lead to lack of self-esteem or self-worth or self-respect, lack of security, a lack of warmth. And so without love, life is cold and cruel and bitter and hard. It's the only hope of the world. You know, I'm, I'm visiting now with people wherever I go, and I see it myself on the screens of the TV and uh, what we read in our papers or online about so many failings now all throughout the world. I mean, it's all over the place. And in our own country, in our own community, the depth of hurt and the, the, the flooding of 
discouragement and hopelessness. And uh, you wonder if there's really anything that could actually help. But the Bible's message is there is one thing, and that is love, where we can put our hope, the love of God. Somehow, through his own ways, his own channels, and his own timing, somehow the love of God is the hope of the world and the hope for your life. The greatest messages of the Bible are about his love. John 3.16, you want to say it with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In Romans 5.8 it says, But God shows his love toward us in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. So if you think you've got to get your, all your ducks in a row and become a, a perfect person before you come to God, you're, you're, uh, you're looking at the wrong end of the dog. That's not the way it is. You come to God, like that song says, just as I am, without one plea, but that his blood was shed for me. And so it's the greatest message of the Bible. And the Christian church... The Christian church, from the very beginnings, had this note in it that made it just an exceptional, never-before-seen experience. And that was this love that was in the Christian church. Uh, The word that was used for fellowship was called koinonia. And it, it meant the gathering of God's people I guess that's what I didn't look it up in my Greek Bible. I could look it up here. I've got it right here, but I'll leave it. It's the love of a Christian fellowship. And it was so powerful in those early days. This is what attracted people to Jesus Christ. Not only the work of the Holy Spirit, but it was the kind of fellowship the church was providing. And people were seeing the genuineness of love. This is what Paul's talking about. Love is the real thing. He's telling it, he's preaching it in, in the book of Corinthians. And if you've, if you've studied much about the book of Corinthians, you realize it's probably one of the most dysfunctional churches that Paul was dealing with. And at every turn, and there's all kinds of issues that are coming up. But the main thing, the main thing he wanted them to see was beyond what all they were doing, they were perhaps a pretty active church. What all they were doing, he said, there's got to be this note. This is the note of God's people. It is love. And if that's missing, then you're missing the key note of being the people of God. And so uh, as he writes these words, we have to put it in the backdrop, not only of Corinth, but even today. Even today, uh, we have to say that if there's any truth to the church... It's got to be founded with love. If there's any truth to anything we're doing, it's got to come out of a heart of love. Scott, I'm glad to see you here today. And Scott represents, he's, uh, he uh, is the director of ABCCM, Asheville Buncombe Christian Community Ministries. And widespread through our county, hundreds of volunteers, and all kinds of different helps in different facets uh, of, of need that go across our, our community. 
And I think, Scott, you will agree because you probably see as much of this kind of thing as anybody in here would, would see. There's a way you can do it without love. And there's a way you can do it with love. I noticed the word gong, G-O-N-G, was used in this passage. Without love, whereas a sounding gong. And it reminds me of the old days and the gong show. And I forget why they did it. I, I don't even hardly remember the gist of the show. But whatever the fact was, when the audience got tired of listening to whatever it was, they hit the gong. Boom! Well, I'm sure that if God were to sound the gong every time we miss the boat when it comes to the matter of love, we would sure hit a lot of racket. But love's at the heart of what we do. If we're teaching, you know, you can teach the Bible. But if you don't teach it in love and with love, then really it's nothing. We can visit people. We can share with them. We can sit with them. We can counsel. We can witness. Everything needs the, needs the note of love in it. And so it really was the real... Um, uh, key part of the early church. It's what drew people to Jesus Christ. If Christ can found a community like this, and this is why people with great needs in that first century came in droves, and the church grew exponentially across the whole, the whole kingdom. And so, um, so love. Uh, I, I read this story the other day about uh, this uh, man who was being tailgated by this stressed out woman on a busy road and and suddenly the light turned yellow it's a critical moment for all of us and just in front of him was a crosswalk and he did the right thing he stopped at the crosswalk he could have beaten the red light he could have if he had just accelerated you know how to do that don't you and this woman was behind him tailgating him, and she just sat down on her horn. She screamed. She had missed a chance to get through that intersection. She was in the middle of a rant, and she heard a tap on her window, and she looked up, and there was a policeman there, very serious. And he ordered her to get out of her car, to put her hands up. He took her to the police station, she was searched, she was fingerprinted, she was photographed, she was put into a cell. A couple of hours went by. The policeman approached the cell door, he opened it. He escorted her to the booking desk where they, an officer was waiting to give her back her personal effects. And as he handed his possessions to her, he said, I'm very sorry for this mistake. You see, I pulled up behind your car while you were blowing your horn flipping off the guy in front of you, cussing a blue streak, and I noticed your Choose Life license plate and the What Would Jesus Do bumper sticker and the Follow Me to Sunday School bumper sticker and the chrome-plated Christian fish emblem on the trunk. Naturally, I thought you were driving a stolen car. You know, without love, 
you lose your voice. You lose whatever you got to say for God. And without love, the church loses its voice. It's a mark of the genuine thing. And so this passage, if you really look at it, we always kind of hurry down to that last verse. It is great. Faith, hope, love, these three, the greatest of these is love. But along the way, this is probably one of the most self-examining passages you'll ever come across right here. Because it really probes our heart. You know, you can, you can have great preaching powers, prophetic even powers, and have all kinds of knowledge. You can have the gift, uh, the gift of, you might say, I, I've seen guys that just almost naturally have a gift of preaching. I did not naturally have that gift. I, you're, you can all say amen to that. There you go. But I tell you what, if you don't have love in your heart, it don't matter. It don't really matter. You can have a passionate faith, a mountain-moving faith, as some would say. But it can be icy, and it can be unfeeling, and it can be uncaring. You can, have, you can practice charity, giving to the poor, and giving to others, and it's not that the money won't be accepted even through your app if you want to give it that way. But there are matters that if you send it along with it, like honor and pride and self-display, it's missed the mark. You can even give your own life, he said, in martyrdom, Paul says, and Without love, it's nothing. I heard a missionary say, and I jotted it down, and I don't think I got all of it the way it is. And, but it, it goes like this. It, I, if I, master, I think it was a missionary statement of some kind he was reading. If I master many uh, languages and have not love, I'm nothing. If I have a full understanding of theology and apologetics, and if I have not love, I'm nothing. If I have many degrees and diplomas and have not love, I'm nothing. If I make sacrifices by leaving my family and friends to do the work of a missionary and have not love, I'm nothing. If I give my clothes and monies to the poor and I have not love, I'm nothing. If I heal all the sick and suffering, if I preach or teach masterfully, if I do not have love, I'm nothing. I'm sure it's more eloquent the way he said it, but I just jotted it down. We, um, we often put the place, the value in the wrong place. We, we highlight the gift, and we forget about what has to be the heart of that gift. And that has to be love. When William was being ordained and we were challenging him, uh, you know, concerning his calling, uh, that's where we stopped and sat down a while, didn't we, William? And we talk about the importance, the source of our love. It's got to be Christ, and it's got to it's got to work through us. You know, I love this church, and I appreciate the kind of welcome people feel here and affirmation of this church and. And I think it's genuine. 
Are we perfect? I, I sure couldn't think so. I mean, I'm pastoring it. That's, that takes you right out of the boat right there. And then all of us have our ways. But it's love that gives value to whatever your giftedness is. Oh, that's, the, that's the heart of it. Cultivating talents is important. It's a good thing. But the cultivation of love, love, love of God and love of people is the main thing. And the world is hurting for that. Uh, and it is what the world needs, and it's what the church has to give if we're true. It's what people want. Uh, we miss a lot, a lot of opportunities. And, and a lot of doors, sometimes we've not opened to other people's lives because we've missed that one note, the note of love. The love of God is... is is God's goal in us. Christ boiled it down. He boiled the law down. All the law of the Old Testament. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. That's it. That's the simple version. That's the simple way to live. It's just boil it down to the love of God. It's God's will that we know His love. It's His will that we experience His love. We sang that that verse in It Is Well about our sin, our, how we feel so blessed that God has forgiven us of our sin and pardoned us of our sin. That's part of the wellness of our soul. That's why we can say it is well, because we've been forgiven. We who are hell deserving have been forgiven of our sin. And so it's God's goal that we not only know his love, but it's God's goal that he share that we share our love, and that is the gospel. That is the gospel, and love is the key. My wife's a teacher. Well, she's a retired teacher. But she's, she's come home with many stories. And uh, she's got a lot of funny stories, a lot of great stories that, that she's learned that some of the stories that I remember that strike my heart are stories about, about children sometimes that come in way behind. And um, they come in without much discipline. They can kind of be troublemakers. And then as kind of the year goes along, you know, the first thing, especially when you get a bunch of boys and you're a teacher... Some of you teachers can bear, uh, you always count the boys first because you know, that might be, the, might be a rowdy when you got first graders especially. But as you learn a child and you find out about their family, maybe or their lack of family, you find out some of the hardships that they might experience. And then you see that a component has been sort of lacking there. And I don't say this just about Jane. I've heard other teachers say this. If you can love that child, take some time to find a way to love that child and see the difference it can make in their life. To know that they are cared about. And to see the catching up. Love helps a child catch up. It helps us all catch up. We might, many of us feel behind in life. 
but loves that ingredient. And I, I trust you're experiencing this in your church. Howard, I thank you for last week, for coming and sharing before us and being with us and letting us love on you a little bit and you loving us. mean a lot to us. And, uh, and to see what God can do in people's lives that we'll just avail ourselves as a church family of being a loving people and loving individuals. We've got, got, we got opportunities all the time, don't we? Uh, where we live, where we walk, our families, our community, uh, in every place. Well, have you received Christ as your Savior? Have you accepted His love into your heart? That's the place to start. And are you allowing that love to operate in your heart? Are you allowing God to speak through you to someone else or to touch someone through you? Will you bow with me, Father? We thank you for this passage of Scripture. It's, it calls us back, Lord, to the root of things. And uh, we are so blessed to know your love and have experienced it. Lord, time after time we come to you and we come to the cross. And Lord, we examine our life and we know we've fallen short. And you teach us through your word if we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We know that time and time again, Lord, we fail you. And maybe on this matter of love is one of our greatest failings. But I pray, God, for our mind and our mouths and our hands and our heart. That, God, you'd fill us with your Holy Spirit. That is, you'd fill us with your love. And, God, that we would experience it to the point, Lord, where we would, it would flood over our lives into the lives of people we see and we're around. God, we might have some places to patch up in our life. Might be somebody we need to apologize to or say we're sorry. Or maybe it's somebody we've looked at, but we've really never, ever looked at them. And now we, we can see them through the eyes of Christ, maybe, if we look at them in love. And Lord, we just look to you now. We commit this moment to you, and we ask a blessing on it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing hymn number uh, 294, Have Thine Own Way. And we'll just open the altar up today. If you want to come to bow here and pray or if you'd like to uh, make a decision in your life, I'd be glad to be with you and as we uh, pray together and sing. Let's stand together as we sing.